It's three Singapore stakes in a row for Bowrogi. One by Let's alope, ranged up on the outside to tackle Prince Saleri, who won't give in. Prince Saleri's to the leader, let's alope, getting to it. Let's alope, Prince Saleri, let's alope on the outside, might have just beaten Prince Saleri. Maldivian's done it all, he's a length in front, Elamosa diving out wide late, Maldivian hanging on and won the CFO. She's too good though, Typhoon Tracy, and a comfortable win in the CFO by a length and a half. Into the straight now, Black Caviar, the awesome racehorse, races to the front. She's kicked away now, she's home, she's three legs. Hartnell and Mr. Sneaky, it's thrown him just in front of Lord of the Sky at the 50. Hartnell's lifting, Hartnell lifting, the big boys come back in style. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. We are walking on a little bit of sunshine with the beautiful weather at Sandown tomorrow as we speak. Thanks so much for getting our year-round carnival preview podcast at the Ore Stakes. What an unbelievable honour roll this is. We heard some of the greats there back in the Sandown days. They uh, Rogue won it three times. Uh, Matacato won it three times. Moved to Caulfield in 1997 and Saintly was the first winner there. So there's been some stars as we heard there. Uh, and they're back to Sandown tomorrow with Caulfield having the renovation. Vince Accardi from Daily Sectionals has had a big look at it and uh, we, uh, we really look forward to diving Deep. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Ralphie. And yes, look, it's it's an excellent card in Melbourne, excellent card in Sydney. We're, this is a very good sign. <laughs> you love the good horses running fast, and they're going to run fast tomorrow at Sandown because it looks like perfect conditions. The rail's out 10 metres. Now, is it, it's, I guess it's a little bit of a challenge because Sandown isn't, doesn't uh, get many um, uh, elite meetings anymore, but, uh, but obviously with Caulfield having the renovation, it does. What's your expectations on how Sandown Hillside should play when the track's good and the rail's out 10 metres? That's the start of the lanes for Sandown. Yep. So that's the first thing. The only difference is, let's say we compare something like Flemington versus Sandown or Caulfield more to the point versus Sandown. It's very interesting. All three tracks, the pl- lanes really start to come in at around 10, right? Yep. The only variance that I have clearly seen that if you go from Caulfield from 10 to lane 16 to 20, the variance is somewhere around one, one and a half lengths advantage if you can get out to 16 to 20. Flemington's very similar, but Sandown's like two to three. So super wide is, is a big advantage. Oh, like if you get to 20, it's like you've got a massive edge on the horses closest to the inside. Now, if you can't get out there in the smaller fields yep. and you're travelling 10, you know, 14, 15, then the gap is only going to be half length to one length. This So this does help a lot of the off-pace runners in the midfielders to have big advantage if they can peel into the lanes and they get slingshot into there. If they've got to fight their way there and burn a lot of fuel, then obviously closer to the fence leading gives you the advantage. So it is all about the race shape, Ralphie. Right. Well, let's start with the race shape here of the All Stakes, the Group 1 on the card, 750000 up for grabs. And it's uh, it's always a, a, a bit of a head-scratch at this race, only for, for this reason. Trainers' intent 
Uh, horses have generally had short breaks through the summer months. They come up pr pretty fit, but there's still improvement to come because they've got monster prize money races like the All-Star Mile ahead and Sydney for some. So uh, that, that's perhaps something to, to keep in mind, and I'll, obviously I'll talk, I'll talk through this with you, Vince. As far as the uh, speed's concerned, how are you seeing this play out? Well, a lot's got to do with the first step. Gentleman Roy versus Tulavar. Tula, is it Tulavar? Tuvalu. Yeah, Tuvalu. That's the key. Yep. The first up, you could see basically like what Gentleman Roy did last start, going really fast, 8.3 lengths above on this track. The chances 16 days later for this horse to repeat that speed, I feel is really highly unlikely. In fact, that I felt that it will definitely take a bit of an edge out of its speed. And, and this has been the critical also. I am thinking more like plus one, plus two might be more realistic. And it's yep. really all got to do with Tulevar and what it's going to do from the early speed this horse can generate. And, and that's this is a, a hit and miss horse in terms of speed. I'm, I believe it's not a horse from what the way I looked at it where it's got to want to own the front. So... I'm, I can't see the hot pace anymore. And even though initially I marked it above average, and it, it probably might end up just naturally being somewhere near there, but it's getting a lot closer to average speed, Ralphie. Just one factor to, to put on the table for Tuvalu, blinkers first time for an older horse. That generally, <laughs> the old, the old uh, catchphrase is, but blinkers equal intent. What, what could that mean to his speed early? Well, I'll just look at his profile yeah. and everything that I look at on the profile, the fastest the horse has ever gone, there was that one run at Sandown Hillside, if we go back to 21, that was second up and it was plus 7.3. That's extremely out of character because all the other performances are a lot closer to the sort of one to three range. Now, even more recent times, there was one run at Flemington over 1,630 metres where we've seen the horse go plus five, had a level of conditioning. Now, let's say that was the case and they wanted the horse really wanted to rip along then it just couldn't be a good thing for the horse in terms of its chances of winning so it's all about intent if they're going out to try and win the race and maybe with the blinkers and all these things that's important to them this is a maybe they feel this is a chance where they might be able to win the speed's going to be critical because if they go really fast this will be the first horse they're going to run down there's a little match up here for those two horses as well from the Turak. And on that occasion, when Tuvalu won, 3.2 lengths above benchmark, Gentleman Roy, 1.9. But the early speed there, Vince, uh, plus five early, Gentleman Roy, plus 3.4 Tuvalu. At that stage, they were both fit, though. So um, yep. it, it's a different dynamic. Second up, Gentleman Roy, as you said, off a very fast speed, but Tuvalu is first up. And this is the and this is the thing that you have to bring into consideration. Now, I do... I have to say that the even the, the barrier trial back at the end of January for Tuvalu was good over twelve hundred metres. So you can see there's a clear intention. Yep. And you know I'm sitting here saying the horse got to be absolutely respected, but an overreaching in the speed will not be an advantage. And I'm I am a little bit surprised that they're going blinkers. Yeah, <laughs> that's what yep. I want to put on the table just from from an outsider's perspective. So yep. there we go. Um, so the favourite for the race is Jack and O. One very narrowly in a blanket finish first up, but there's real signs. We discussed this on the Monday podcast that that was a perfect launching pad. And you're comparing Gentleman Roy on the day in a very fast run race, 16 days later has to back up. This was a reverse with Jack and O. Yeah, this was probably a lot more like the architecture that you would have wanted in preparation to launch into your second up run. Nice and comfortable first section, 3.6 lengths below. In fact, I, I would have marked the horse maybe one to two lengths below its, you know, general natural, you know, its genuine natural speed. So this is another, you know, like a big plus from the way I'm looking at it. Even the move in the mid-race, it wasn't like of a high pressure. It was just very, very orderly. Three and a half lengths mid-race move for this horse is very soft. I mean, this horse has got the capacity to, on the low, realistically, it's about a three-length squeeze, but it's more like a plus five, plus six horse in the mid-race. So, again, I felt there was a lot of energy conserved there. And in the last 400 metres, that was probably a good display of where the horse is at. You know, from a 400-metre sprint point of view, Ralphie, the 3.9 lengths above benchmark last 400, when I 
scrutinise that carefully. There was that one run at Rose Hill where it went 5.9, and we talked about like how deep it got into the lanes that day. So I sort of come back and say, this was probably more like what you're capable of doing in terms of a 400-metre sprint off a, you know, the right sort of lane bias. And perfect launch for second up, and I'm a big believer this horse has to be an improver up to the next step up, even though it's 100 metres. So the question now is, can it repeat what it did of the 3.8? If it does, well, then it won't finish back any further than second if that's what happens. If the horse runs and tests that 3.8, it's going to be first or second. And if it tests the 2.7, again, we're going to be top three. I'll be very surprised if this horse doesn't finish first three. So the 3.8 you refer to was the Golden uh, golden Rose, rather, at Rose Hill, 24th of the 9th. And there's a yep. nice pattern here for those who look for it because it was second up that day. Uh, the, and you, you're saying here on your early speed edition, so just open this up uh, while, while, while you listen to this, and you, you put an IVR FQ at the top line and you're saying 2.2. So that's roughly what you say is required to be on the podium. So this horse definitely qualifies in a big way. Yeah, and I did a little bit more work this morning and just you know a little bit of fine tuning to the numbers and the reality is Ralphie, that's the absolute low yeah it's going to be more like you're gonna have to run two and a half to three to get on the podium so the one thing to, to, to finalise with, which I suppose is a bit outside your data, Vince, but it, but I we, we always look at it, that it's traders intent. So it's a group one, he's a cult. There's a field of 10, there's one mare, which is uh, which is um, Turath, and all the other horses are gelding. And the reason I'll just put that there is this is worth a lot more than the prize money for this uh, for Jack and O. Because for its stallion profile, it, to beat older horses in an all stakes at Group One level, that gives it a big tick. So while there are other horses that are set for the uh, All Star Mile and other races, uh, for this horse to win uh, the uh, the All Stakes tomorrow, that's worth a lot of money to connection. So I think it's uh, I think it's uh, shoulders back for for the intent side of things. Right. Yeah. That's um. Yeah. Very good, bro. I like that. Well, they've got their best opportunity because it's going to be very very hard to win the group one race like it always is and this is going to be its opportunity because it's only going to get more challenging after this all right i might just get a bit more info from you from gentleman roy uh, in that he, he was best of the day on that meeting and you, you've outlined his early speed his overall talent level my, my sus- suspicion, and it's probably something I want to put on the table to, to ask you because it's something that I've really learned from you about the short breaks. When they turn up with short breaks and they're well found in the market and they had a couple of jump outs, to me that said he's just turning up at his absolute best. Has he got more to give or is that pretty much his level? Now, that was a good level, but is that, that suggests that you know he's six years old, he's turned up at such a good performance, that's probably his level. Mm, well... As opposed to the trend line, I guess. Is yeah, no, uh, no. Well, if we look at the profile of the horse, 2.4 going all the way back to March 22. And when I sort of go into the, on the Rappo platform, you can go into the matrix and it sort of gives you how the six leading runs in and then the, the subsequent runs leading out. And all and that sort of just gives you an overview on the trend line. And the trend line sort of indicating that's more like around a plus 2.1. So yep. the variance is, you know, like that's sort of a top out figure. And then when I look at the Sandown performance, unfortunately, you know, nothing's really come out other than William Thomas. But the leading run, data still at the moment only has it sitting at around 1.3. So there's there's a lot of uh, truism about what you're saying in terms of that could have been a top-out number. And I do sort of concur with you that that's a big possibility that this is the very top of the horse. The question is, can you repeat that number or... Uh, most more realistically, I'm expecting this horse to run within a length, worst case scenario, despite the fact that there's a chance this horse is going to be a little bit flattened off that run as well. I mean, it was a big first section. The horse has never, ever gone anywhere near that speed, Ralphie. 8.3 is very fast. Even when you look at it at Caulfield back in t- October 22, when it went plus five, first section, and then plus three between the eight and the 400, that's a combined eight lengths. That's still not as quick as what it did in its first section last start. And if I combine them, it's still behind in terms of what that run at Caulfield. In other words, I'm saying it was a lot more pressure. And when it backed up at a subsequent start, 
you could see there was a massive drop off in early speed and I'm expecting the same and the horse didn't run anywhere near what it did that day at Corfu when it was a plus 1.9. So I am sitting here. It's at the top of the grid, but from a data reshuffling a chessboard, I've actually downgraded it from a chessboard point of view. And at the moment, I've got it sitting more like third, fourth or fifth. And, and that, that's wise because what you're saying, having watched your millions of races that you have over the years, when an older horse runs so fast early, there's every that it's so hard for them to repeat that speed race to race unless they're sort of freaks like the cleaner or vote rogue types. Absolutely, Ralphie. And you know, and I'm giving you know, I'm paying a lot of respect to the stable. Yep. In terms of their training capability, and they're just getting better and better all the time. So I'm I'm giving that a lot of respect. But the reality is. It's very difficult to get overcome fast run races quickly. All right, let's get to the rock star, and I'm Thunderstruck. He's just a beauty. We've had a lot of fun uh, tracking his career over the journey here. First up, now a five-year-old into his, uh, into his um, summer season here with clearly the, the grand final, uh, the initial grand final being the All-Star Mile. But how often do we see good horses that can still win first up uh, under the right circumstance? So what circumstance needs to happen for I'm Thunderstruck to be able to win? Well, if he jumps cleanly, yep. which is what I'm expecting to happen. <sighs> oh, look, if there was some sort of, if they did sort of absolutely bolt on the field, those, well, you know, Tula Vaf that decided to do something crazy, it would be interesting. But the reality is the trial at Geelong was borderline winning trial, Ralphie. So that's the first thing. And whilst I don't actually have a final... IVR figure on that at this point. What I can state is this was like right up there as one of the top trialers of the morning and about as good as I've ever seen this horse trial in in its career, which to me represents that when I initially went in and scored it like on the race speed profile of 1.7 and I had another look at it this morning, I go, it's way too low. It's way too low. And then when I look through the, the matrix and get clarity around all those leading runs and what it's done at 1,400 metres, all the matrix indicators are saying that they're all underscored by length and therefore have an expectation if you combine the trial. This is even before I combine the trial the trial into into this equation. This horse is going to run two and a half, three, no matter what. And that's that's the reality regardless. It, it, it's They won't even be able to stop the horse from going slower than that. So that tells you straight away what the reality is. The reality is my expectation is the more I think about it and, you know, closer looking at that trial, okay, it's there is this the stable two horses. Yep. But I have an expectation Thunderstruck's going to be far superior. To Jack and O? Yeah. As in tomorrow or in time? Tomorrow. Right. Okay. So you're saying standby. Yeah. Okay, uh, just just one thing again, again to put on the table as far as trainers' intent, and this, this backs up what you're saying. I've, I've, I'm I'm sort of learning as I'm listening to you here, Vince. First up last year, as in twelve months ago, he mm-hmm. resumed in this race and he ran fifth to uh, to Tefane, uh, 0.5 length above benchmark. But here's the difference: 105 days with just one quiet jump out. This time, 98 days with two jump outs. The second being that Geelong trial you mentioned, both over a thousand meters, and we kept saying through that autumn campaign where he ended up running second the All Star Mile and second the Doncaster, it was almost like he was a run behind the whole time. Yeah, now and he's not. Yep, you're yeah, right. That's what I'm saying. So what you're saying is that now yeah, this is this is I'm thunderstruck turning up, and the Geelong trial was so good that uh, he won't be a run behind this time in. No, see, he's not. He's yes. not going to be a run behind, and and here's the difference. Like if you, no matter. I mean, the trainers can have all the great intentions with their horses and they want them all to be the best they can be. And they happen to have two great horses or, you know, potentially, you know, Jack and I is going to be a great yeah. horse, right? But when you look at the profiles, this particular runner, I'm Thunderstruck, what's absolutely rubber stamped is this horse's 400-metre sprint is at least three lengths better than Jack and I, no matter what. So Jack and I has to come out and find another three lengths in a 400-metre sprint. I'm not sure it can do that. And then the second part, let's say it can do that because, you know, I like to be 
you know, flipping the coin the other way and say, okay, let's say you're a young horse and you're still evolving. Why not? Why? Maybe you can do it, right? And let's say you can. Now, can you overcome the second part? And the second part is, do you have sustained speed over 800 metres of plus 10 or more? Because this is what I'm Thunderstruck's got in its armour as natural capability. It's an 8 to 10 length uh, sustained speed for at least 800 metres, where Jackano's more like 4 or 5. Mm. So that's these are the these are just the yep. now it's all about when you've got to go to separation. You, everybody looks to see how you can separate. Now, if I want to look at what's the advantage Jackano has over Thunderstruck, one thing only it's had one race for the campaign that's the advantage because race fitness is always better than a trial, Ralphie. But when you've got top level trainers and what no one can sort of predict is the horse's willingness to win. And I'll just sit back here and say this is a great distance for Thunderstruck. It's a great return. Trial gives you the big insight. This horse is going better than ever. And then just top it off with what you said, and I totally agree with you, it's it's a very short break. And the intention's there, without a shadow of doubt there. They mean business, this campaign. Now, I'm not in the stable, so I don't know, you know, how they see the two horses, but I'll be surprised if they reckon Jack and O's a better horse than I'm Thunderstruck. Well, and the other thing to put on the table, because, you know, when I mentioned trainers and Jed, just for clarity, there's two separate ownership groups here, so they're both wanting to win. Of course. <laughs> there's no question there. And, and, and I have no doubt the Kent, you know, <laughs> price stable, they'll be saying, well, we, we better come first and second. Yeah, exactly. Let, let, let the butters work it out. Yeah. Um, and Jamie Carr, uh, back on. Uh, she's ridden, ridden this horse twice and for two wins, so she's unbeaten on the on the horse there. Is just another thing to add to the, the table. Is Mr. Brightside over the odds? Well, this unfortunately, this horse didn't come to its fruition last campaign. And I, I personally had high expectation this horse could do something fantastic and you if you recall that first up run was you know really really good yep. of a decent break of plus 1.4 i also have to say that the geelong trial was really solid as well for this particular runner and giving a clear sign that they've got this horse i'm not going to say airborne but not far from that and why can't this horse turn up first up 1400 meters and at least run realistically run somewhere between plus 1.4 and 2.2. Could it stretch itself all the way to 3.6 first up? Have they got it that wound up? I mean, I'm sure they'd love that to happen. I have no doubt they'd love that to happen because then they'd be, you know, looking at how many group race races they could potentially win, but oh, I'm not sure about that. And this will be a good test for the horse. Does sort of still sit slightly behind the other two. Well, maybe more so that Thunderstruck than Jackano, but yeah, it's 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 definitely in my top four. Well, that's what I was asking for multis, particularly because uh, you, you said about the, the super deep in the lanes. Craig Williams is as good a rider anywhere in the country when it comes to fighting the right spot, and uh, and and you know I, I could see him sort of making his run with I'm Thunderstruck. You're saying I'm Thunderstruck's got a better kick, but at ten dollars, that's that's an interesting horse to put into your multis. Yeah, well, the, see, the plus side for Mr. Brightside, again, if I'm looking at 400-metre accelerations, and again, I'm, I'm basing this off we're going to be a lot closer to even speed yep. than brutal speed. And this, you know, then brings this last 600, 800, 400 metres are going to be vital. And the better you're capable of sprinting over the last four to 600 metres or showing some s sustained grip, because you've got to go up the hill, this is another horse that profiles pretty solidly and has a genuine sort of sustained speed, somewhere around the six to eight lengths in terms of sustained speed, which is very good. I, I do have it behind I'm Thunderstruck in terms of sustained speed, but in terms of the 400-metre sp sprint strictly, it's probably only a length or two behind I'm Thunderstruck. See, now you're starting to see, Ralphie, when you look at the chessboard and you look at the micro tools and you start lining them all up, how I'm Thunderstruck starts to get the edge on all its competitors. So, they, and I just want to put a bow in this. If if they're going fast, that suits Jackano. If they're not going, if they're going even, it suits I'm Thunderstruck from a coiled spring perspective. Uh, okay, no. Right. 
No, if they're going fast, it's a bigger disadvantage for Jack and O. Right, because you can't breathe. Yeah, you won't be able to cope for the sustained speed as the other two. Okay. If they go orderly, yep, that helps the horse, but then he's going to be faced with how do I out-sprint Mr. Brightside and I'm Thunderstruck. How do I out-sprint him? Because at right now, it's not there. It's it, you know it's not visible. Maybe it'll be visible after this race, and this horse just does some phenomenal last for it. I doubt it personally. Right? Yeah, and I, I'm really taking the string in the opposite direction. And this is not uh, that's that's very foolish for me to say those things, right? Because yep. the reality is, where's the proof? It's not there. It's a lightly raced horse, so I can just muck around a little bit with it and put some you know dream figures on it, right? But realistically, if we're just going hard and fast on data, fast or slow. The horse doesn't get an edge. Where is it going to get its edge? It's going to be hoping for bad luck for the other horses. That's what it wants. Uh, we'll pick up. Uh, we'll go above benchmark on a couple of these other ones. He Nuggets fit. Been racing really well through the summer. Has he got a, a possibility of being in, in the money? A realistic possibility. Everything yeah. possibility, but a realistic. Yeah. How do I want to play this? We're just going to go around in circles and talk about these horses, or against him? Yep. In simple what, terms. Yep. How's this horse going to win? Yep. Chirath gets a box seat run. Any chance for Maltese? Uh, Maltese. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a chance. Uh, fringe player, for sure. I put no it in, doubt in Sizzlers, it. but I wasn't expecting it to go into this race. I was expecting it to go against Mess. So no, it was a nice run first up. This is a decent horse, Ralphie. Yep. But, of course, for all the things that I've said about, you know, I'm going down to the micro level. I'm yep. looking at what profile do you have? Do you have sustained speed for 800 metres? What's your 400-metre sprint like? So I look at this horse and say, okay, it might have a, any given 400 metres. There might be a 4-5 length uh, speed move, which is great. That means you're going to be competitive. But when I look at sustained speed for 800 metres, it doesn't go beyond that. That's your elastic band. It's about five. So big challenges if they go orderly and then they just put the hammer down from the 800 meter mark, then this horse gets exposed. Let me just ask you, because it's $41, just so just so that we've put it on the table. Western Empire at the, at the moment is the best horse in the race. This is a horse <laughs> who, a you know, pretend, yeah, well, it could be a stud, right? Yeah. In terms of its capability. And this is the one horse, if I sat back and said, if you could bring your profile back from early, t- you know, from 2021, what you were doing in Western Australia, this would be the only horse in terms of sustained speed, 400-metre sprint that could match. I'm thunderstruck on every single angle, but we just haven't seen it for a while. You'd be thinking and, he had a jab to if he knew he was bringing his best tomorrow. Yeah, and I'm just saying, yeah, and I'm just <laughs> sitting back here saying, well, are we ever going to see it? I wish we did, but maybe something's... Just maybe it's just something's not the same with the horse, Rolfie. And that's the sad part because this was a big, big talent, like massive talent. This was good enough. This was a horse that was good enough to win anything. Absolutely. All right. Well, in summary, you're saying that um, you're expecting the Price Kent team to have both their horses spot on, but you're probably saying a market has got it the flip. You'd rather flip the market the other way around. I'm Thunderstruck as favourite over Jack and O rather than Jack and O over I'm Thunderstruck. Have I got that fair? Yeah, well, if we're you know we're coming down to business mode, we're putting out money. I know where my money's going. That's what I want to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. First leg of the quaddy. Uh, very interesting. Again, trainers' intent comes into it. It's over eleven hundred meters. This is race six. The Rubiton Stakes. Some good sprinters here, Vince. And again, I, I, the reason I say trainers' intent is the Oakley Plates in two weeks' time. But we've got oh. fast horses, and they're going to just naturally run fast. What's the speed of the race likely to be? Gee, this is a good race, Ralphie, yeah. a really, really good race. It's 1,100 metres. It's never easy to go a lot past benchmark, but I do have an expectation that we're not going to go slower than benchmark. Now, initially, I marked it average speed, and this is just based on you know profiles. The data is sort of indicating that if I'm correct in the, the five horses that want to sort of go out and sort out the lead, and we're going downhill, right? Yep. Then it's going to be quicker than that, and we could easily go plus two, plus three, and that would make things very interesting about who's going to be able to hold on up the straight. You got any feel for um for this eleven hundred for for customers who uh, who don't who haven't picked this up yet that uh, they've they've extended they extend the winning post tomorrow for by a hundred meters so they still come out of the thousand meter shoot but uh, but they've done this with I think with the Christmas stakes and maybe one or two other races not many but have you got any feel for the way the riders might be able to adjust to the quirky distance now? Yeah. So what happens now is it's really going to be all about timing because it's all uphill. 
Yeah. And if you go too quick, you, you, you're in a lot of trouble. So this is why I feel maybe they'll just naturally go out because of the, the velocity of the ground and the way the track's going to run to the bend. And they could be looking to try and breathe around the, the bend. And this is probably going to help some of the off-pace horses. Yep. Is that going to help them enough up the whole straight? So it's all about timing. And again, what we're going to want to be looking for, Ralphie, we're going to be looking for the horses that have firstly – excellent 400 meter sprints and they've got to be able to demonstrate that they've got sustained speed in this case at least 600 meters 800 meters would be a bonus but at least 600 and if you don't have a decent 400 meter sprint forget it you're not going to be in the finish well let's start with a favorite uncommon james and uh be fair to say our heads rolled off when the data came through and he's uh in his win first up uh, sorry uh, his first victorian start which was his last start 13th of august he had a little uh, setback after that but what a performance that was well it's just a horse that continues to evolve isn't it ralph yeah and we just talked about show me your 400 meter sprint, show me your sustained speed. And you, you couldn't have picked a better horse to bring clarity. Like that run at Corfield, 1200 meters, last 400 meters, plus 6.4. And then I always, you know, it's it's one thing doing 6.4, but can you do it off a benchmark speed? Well, this horse did do it off a benchmark speed, you know, 0.2 below. And then just to sort of cap it off, saying, okay, what was the move like in the mid-race? So there it is, plus three. So combined last 800 metres, 9.4. So this has all the attributes that you want to be looking for for a race like this 1,100 metres, as an example. That Deegan trial looked good, was it good? Yes, it was. It was very good. Yep. Yeah, nice. So he's got that capability there. And, and just to give you an indication again, so if we're saying the grand finals in two weeks in the Oakley Plate, uh, well, you're only saying that 1.3 at this stage is probably uh, what's required. Well, 3.4 at Caulfield means he can, he can be below his best and, and definitely take a power of beating. Well, even if he just runs up to his doom and run a 0.8 yep. above, right, which would be realistically would have to be the worst the horse could go, right? Yep. Unless it misses the start. That puts him like, borderline in the race just on that one run and i expect like if he if he doesn't run one laugh two then you know this horse gonna have some you know something's not something's not right <laughs> right chain of lightning is a very very interesting runner to try and put together because just the one start for peter moody started her career out wide at Invernell and armadale and uh and the market said no nah, moody's got a good one and the market was right so she's turned up she won four of her first five starts before they had to go throw out the stumps in the golden eagle in the in the high heat there the real high heat uh she's she's come back with two uh packingham jump out wins jamie carr is back on yeah that all the all the indicators are positive. The challenges that we've got is I don't really feel we've had an opportunity firstly to see this horse in a situation where the ground's dry. Yep. To see exactly what it's capable of doing. What we have seen is with given the ground, it's been able to let, you know perform to a level. If they go too fast, I mean, I'm only going by the Rose Hill run at the end of the campaign, that didn't work for the horse, but that could have also been into prep. And the reality is there's no exposure because of the wet ground on what's this true level of this horse in terms of its natural capability of early speed. Like what's what does it appreciate? And then when we sort of take it one step further, we've only seen a scenario in terms of how unbelievable its 400-metre sprint was. And we had to go to Armadale, right? Yeah. But that was off a extremely slow pace right you know seven lengths below benchmark first section still well below benchmark between the eight and the 400 but that was like riveting what it did and then i don't believe this horse has ever been given that opportunity to be on really clean ground to see what you can do so it's one of these horses ralphie that i'm hoping myself personally that we're going to learn a lot more about what this horse can really do tomorrow You've got generation at this stage on top in your most advantage. Of course, this will be updated tomorrow morning when we do our 
you know, it, it's business chat uh, after the scratchings come through and you and our customers get the uh, the mini podcast. But Generation's a horse that uh, it's always shown glimpses of talent. Perhaps hasn't quite put it together. There's probably various reasons that uh, you you can explain through there. But uh, again, he's a stallion. They've kept him a stallion, and I th- would think that uh, with the o- Oakley Plate there in two weeks, I think they'd be delighted if they could come out a winner here, Mariusa. So it suggests to me that uh, there'll be full trade. Full trainer's intent for it to come to play. Well, this is another horse last campaign. It was a little bit all over the place. Why? I feel that you know, the ground conditions may never have been like 100% in its favour. Although, I can't sit here and say that's absolutely the reason. I mean, what we do know is that if we go back a long way, you know, sort of early 21, horse was winning very easily with not putting any massive figures down, but was winning very easily over, you know, 1,200 metres, even 1,000 metres, to show that this horse has got potential. There was that run at Mooney Valley. That was probably the highlight reel where it went to plus 3.4 back in October 21. Clear yep. sign that when you look at the breakdown of that, 4.3 above first section, still going you know, just over a length above benchmark between the 8 and the 400 before tanking out. I'm fairly confident from what I can see that on dry ground – Firstly, this horse does have, and this is what I'm looking for, Ralphie. I'm looking for a horse that's got a 400 meter acceleration between four and six lengths above benchmark. And I have been able to frank this on at least one occasion with this horse. This is, if I go back to Caulfield 1200, where the mid race there was plus 5.6, and then there was another race at the Valley, Ralphie. And this also franked a sustained speed of for 800 metres. First section, plus 4.3. Second section, plus 4. 8.3 combined. And that's what I'm looking for. Now, the, does the trial at Cranbourne indicate to me, like, how forward are you? But you're in a super stable, right? Yeah. And you just don't know. Now, trial sort of indicates... Are you going to peak? <laughs> Probably no, no. But are you going to come out and run really well on dry ground? Yes. And do you have all the attributes that I'm looking for? It's definitely one of three runners that has that. And is the other two trying to lightning and uncommon James? Well, definitely uncommon James. I don't know about um, chain of lightning. Yeah, the all right. Reason- Let's get to Marine One is, uh, because it yes. it won the uh, this race last year, and there's a little rough. I'm going to ask you about there too, but yep. uh, bit bit untapped. Obviously, had a setback, had two trials in uh, in the autumn, and then wasn't seen at the at the jump outs again until this summer. It's had three jump outs, so I think it's uh, it, it's coming to play now. The last one was a, was a strong trial. It was uh, in a blanket finish with uh, with uh, Marabi, uh, the Oakley Plate winner, and Passive Aggressive, who's a real bit uh, mare on the rise as well with Graham Begg. So. As far as uh, meat on the bones, what can you tell us? So I'm sort of looking at the way they've – like, to me, they look like this horse is, like, going to be absolutely ready to explode first up. That's that's what I'm seeing in right. terms of the way they've prepared this horse. And then, I'm again, I'm just looking for these key signals, you know, in the profile of the horse. Have they got some factors that I'm looking for? Just look at that Caulfield run, Ralphie, that last run back in – February of this was last this year. race actually at Caulfield. Yeah, but look at that last four hundred meters plus eight point three. Yeah, uh, well that's the first signal saying well no one's going to have a, big, a bigger four hundred meter sprint than this horse. And then I say okay, well that might be a bit of a fluke. Maybe you can't repeat that. And then I look a little bit further back and I could see that Mooney Valley run. This is really tough to do. Last four hundred meters plus five point seven off a near benchmark first section thousand meters of the valley, which is so hard to break benchmark first section there, and that horse was going point eight below, and then just had this explosion. Maybe the only little element with this horse is I can't probably fully frank sustained eight hundred meter speed, so maybe the race shape's going to play some sort of a role. But in terms of fitness, I'm expecting this horse to parade in sensational fashion because the way it's been trialling is brilliant. And what I do like is this, Ralphie. Like it has, it's just had that extra little bit of time off in terms of, you know, like from one trial to the next. And like the last trial was like was the, at the end of January. I, I actually like that, particularly when you're having a long break. So they put the work into this horse. And I do expect this horse to go fantastic. And if it doesn't, then maybe, unfortunately, they're going to have a horse that isn't going to be able to deliver maybe what their expectations are. 
Uh, well, again, he's a stallion, so um, so coming to play will, will be significant, uh, and uh, and that's really interesting. Three jump outs that he's had, and you're saying that he's on point. So despite the long layoff, don't let the long layoff put you off. Is is pretty much oh, what you're saying? Absolutely not. This horse won't be turning up in the yard looking no good. I'll put shocked. Well, just just one at big odds to put down on the table if it's so. In that race that you you referred to, his last start, which was like I said, this race last year, but it was at Caulfield. Mm-hmm. Oxley Road actually was deep in the market. If, if if people recall, Peter Moody went went off because the fence was off, the the, the hoses were out that day, and he drifted in the market. Marine won. Uh, the 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 cavalry came for it, and the and the market was spot on. O- Oxley Road then into the Oakley Plate ran dynamic race. And then last spring, they kept scratching it. They couldn't find a dry track. They kept scratching it in the end, hands in the air. Let's start again. So he, what I'm saying is I think there's every chance he's going to be turning up uh, well. He's fit. He's fast. He's been uh, jumping out well. I'm just interested in what you're saying between the difference between what, what odds is he here. He's $26 and what his level of capability actually is. Well, he's realistically, he's a fringe player. Yep. And there's no question this horse is a far superior horse on dry ground. And that part's really positive. In terms of acceleration for 400 metres, there's a fair bit of clarity there in terms of what it's been able to demonstrate. It's somewhere in the solid mid-fours range, which sort of qualifies you for this because I'm looking for four to six in terms of acceleration. Sustained speed-wise, not too sure. So if they run fast, that could turn out to be a little bit of a negative. It does. You know, there was that one run at Caulfield, Ralphie, back in 26th of February last year, right? Where yeah, you look at those, you look, yeah, you look at those combined last two sections, six point three. That sort of gets you like on the fringe, right? Yeah, got beaten a couple of lengths that day as overall, and I'm just looking at the early speed. So I do feel race shape's going to play some sort of a role for this horse, but would it be a surprise? No way that it could easily get on the podium. And if you're doing multis and that, and you're looking for a runner that at odds, this would be one runner 100% you would put in. Where, where does the three-year-old lofty strike fit in? It's uh, $8 in the market early. $8 is in the market early. Okay. 1.7 from that Flemington run. It's got that sustained speed. It, it, it's there. It's a very lightly race horse. The barrier trial, I didn't think there was anything in that trial, Ralphie, but you know that doesn't mean that you're not going to come up and turn up and run well. And I don't have a ceiling on it. So it, it, it's a horse that, for me, I've marked it a wait and see. Yeah. But could you turn up? Like if it won the race, I'll probably the first thing I'll say, okay, who didn't turn up? Yeah. But if it's a big figure, then I say, "Oh my goodness, you've t- you've gone to a new level." A couple other little negatives, you know. And I'm not one here to sort of, you know, douse riders and that. But just the profile is just a little bit off against some of the others. Because ultimately, it's not just horse against horse; it's also trainer against trainer, rider against rider. Yep. So you've got to factor all these in, and then, <laughs> you know, when you've, you just come back to what you were saying at the start, Ralph, we could have a scenario. They move really quickly through the first section. They stack up around the turn, and then they're going to look for who's going to take off the right point on the long run home to the finish. Yeah, and Craig knew it's got poor stats. Let's just leave it at that. And, uh, and the, the the flip side to finish with, uh, the Damien Oliver on Argentia. Um, she's got sustained sprinting profile, hasn't she, in a fast race? Yeah, well... What do you do with a horse like this? If this horse won, you wouldn't sit there and say, oh, my goodness, how did you win? No way. <laughs> we only got to go back to February last year. There it is. Yeah. Bang, you know, 3.4, best of the day. So you know on – Which was first up. <laughs> yeah. On any given day, this horse could just turn up and says, I can win this race. So it is one of those type of horses. And also, is this a horse that has a preference for dry ground? Well, if I go on that run, this is definitely something you like. And what is clear – I mean, last campaign, they went first up 1,400, right, Ralph? It was, maybe that turned out to be not a good move for them, but the horse ran superb. First yes. up for a 1,400, broke benchmark, had last 800 metres of a combined 6.4. So that there was plenty of effort in that and a lot of merit. So, you know, then they went back in distance. I'm not going to sit here and say can't win. All right. Uh, in summary, Vince, you're saying Uncommon James... Uh, likely to be a bit below his best with the grand final to come, but that means he's deep in the finish. And both Mayus, this runners, Marine One and Generation, likely to run well. 
Yep, absolutely. Yep. All right, well, we might pick up benchmarks. We've, we've gone into some deep, deep stuff here. So let, let's get to the uh, the Carline Cup. Seems a thin race according to the market where Corner Pocket's the favourite from uh, Sunshine Rising. Pounding's right in the race. Uh, there's a, there's a, a, a clear reason, for I think, for, for a, a market move here, and I'll, I'll get to that. But, uh, Vince, uh, what's, your, what's your thoughts as far as how you expect the race to be run? Yeah, well, the, all the early data saying it's going to be like, they're going to run quick. Yep. And above average would be on the low. So in other words, all the indicators are saying we could be going plus three, plus six. So that this could be a hot race in terms well, of speed. Deny knowledge is the one that provides it. And how often have you said with Damien Oliver, if he can get a city, he'll take it. So from Barry one corner pocket and deny knowledge of fast mare, I, I, I think it's it's pretty clear that deny knowledge will cross it and corner pocket will be right behind her all the way. Yeah, yes, that's what it, that's what it looks like, and it's just I know there will be the possibility of, you know, especially riders like Damien, they know when horses are going fast, and they're going to be you know looking to make sure that there's going to be something there at the finish. They're not going to just let them rip. And the challenge is, I don't feel that they're going to have options. <laughs> Uh, corner pocket and pounding uh, come off that Mooney Valley Mile run now. Obviously, Mooney Valley tight mile to Sandown, big track. Although the rail's out 10 metres, makes it a bit of a different dynamic. But So it is a different circumstance, but that race was fast. It is, and it was. And the, and the reality is, you've got to remember, like when you're at the valley, it's a tough mile. Yep. It's not an easy mile. It's tough. There's some hill work in it. It's turning. It's it's high pressure. It's not easy to run fast under that scenario. So that, that's that's great for horses when they have that capacity to do that. And, and I just, you know, like that run there was faultless, Ralphie. You know, that was, you know, like from a corner pocket point of view, that was just a run that you just said, goodness me, you, you repeat that. And I love the fact that it's had the 21 days. And he has to repeat that to be the horse to beat here, surely. Where does where does pounding uh, match up against it? Uh, pounding's the other horse that I, I'm really pleased to see that we're really seeing the best of this horse. Yep. And again, it demonstrated in its you know Mooney Valley performance about how phenomenal it's been. Just you've got to take Moody on trust here, and the, and what I mean by on trust is he knows that hopefully he knows where the horse is at, and and he's got the belief that there's another run in the horse. He's been up since July. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that yeah. last run said you peaked. Yep. But gee whiz, you know, if he can repeat that run, then he's the other big threat. So there's a five kilogram weight swing uh, against pounding to corner pocket, and we don't normally talk about weight, but I'm talking through it in that the market's penalised it heavily. So seven dollars really? versus three dollars uh, low threes, let's say mid threes. So that that's saying the market's really penalised it heavily. Can't help thinking that's got out to a very silly price because of that seven dollars. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. No, I, I can't see any of that when I'm looking at the numbers. I mean, okay, for all the weight lovers. Put the horses one with the weights, so where's the negative? Right. What, what, what's the capability of Sunshine Rising? Comes off a, a good trial to the eye and uh, obviously had a very, very strong Hong Kong profile with a 2,000-metre group. Uh, uh, one uh, th- third on the uh, on the international day, uh, Magic Wand was uh, beaten the nose and he was, he was just behind it and Magic Wand had come off winning the McKinnon here. Well, the reality is this. The realistic profile is what it did in Australia. Because yep. all those performances be- before then, forget about it. They aren't going to happen, right? But when I say that, is to come off 670 days and did what it did first up, the way it finished off the last 400 metres of Rose Hill with a plus 7.1, and then follow up 14 days later, and even that was only 0.7 above benchmark, but produced a combined, what was it, 12... Just over 12 lengths, last 800 metres. But have a look at that. Between the 8 and the 4, plus 6.3, and last 400 metres, plus 5.7. That's a sign that you still have plenty of ability, right? You just don't have the same ability. Like, you're not going to turn up and run plus 5 here, right? Yeah. Because if it was going to do that, based on, you know, historicals, then you would say this is just a one-horse race. Yes. So the big key for this horse is what happens through the first section. Now... The barrier trial was really good, Ralphie, and I have no doubt the stable would be, you know, pretty excited. The, the thing is, are they going to get their race shape? Because if they run fast, horse going to get fair way back, Ralphie. 
And even with this phenomenal finish that you have, is that going to be enough to reel them in? You can't give this field 10 lengths head start and think you're going to go past them. Now, you could have yeah. if we're going back to 2019 form, but not on current. And I don't – you know, very rare is any horse that have these sort of layoffs because they've had problems come back and run anywhere near their profiles of their, you know, booming pieces. Just don't get near it. Just for our uh, our, our customers who, uh, who look at multis um, – uh, sorry, look at futures, and I know you don't, but uh, we, we always try and give the best information we can. Young Wertha, first up, uh, grand final trainer, Danny O'Brien. If he runs well, uh, to me, I'm looking at the Australian Cup, I think there's, there's better than $26 about. There's no doubt that's his grand final, the, the Flemington 2000, where he's got a, a sensational second to uh, to incentivise on, on the cards. Uh, Young Wertha, what's your level of expectation here if he runs well? You know, Not necessarily what? winning, but I'm just talking for a little futures thing. Oh, man, I'm not going to give you that sort of uh, commentary, Ralphie. If you were talking about, you know, like I like to just live in the moment, right? Good. I know you like to look into the future, which is fantastic because you can make money, right? Yeah. So I get it, right? But right now, where we're at, of course, if this horse can run to the 3.9 of 2021, you'd want to take whatever you can. And, and you know, <laughs> I get it, right? Yep. And you know this horse is going to like clean ground, right? And it's in the right stable. It's interesting that Damien Lane's on it. So, you know, they probably are going to be expecting a, a really solid run. And if this horse happens to, you know, be on the fringe or just, you know, miss the placing or maybe get a, a toe on the podium, then whatever you're talking about the futures, it's going to be, a, you know, at least half that, isn't it? So in summary, though, you're saying that uh, to trust that Mooney Valley mile uh, form and corner pocket and pounding really deserve their place in the market. And this is where it's going to go. Now, if the race is orderly yep. and a horse like Sunshine Rising, for those that like that sort of horse, then that would come right into the picture. But if they run with, with pressure, like we've seen, and they have another run in them, then it's that's where the race is. Let's have a quick look at the, at the last race because uh, we'll talk business tomorrow. It's not, not as strong as the others, but uh, just for those having a little play, I suppose the biggest query for those uh, who haven't got uh, your your level of data, Vince, is Sparkle, the, uh, the different form from Japan. Yeah, well, as you know, they can run very, very fast there. I've marked this horse like rock solid 0.7 and it just yep. found itself on top and, and I was looking for the lowest denominator. I do feel that I have a slight preference for the horse potentially over a, a little bit more ground in terms of the numbers that it's produced. But I'm not going to sit here and say this horse is a plus four or five horse. It's not. It's probably, it's bandwidth at the moment is somewhere between 0.7 on the low and a plus two on the high. That's where I've scored it. Now, if this horse turns up and runs to that, then there's no way this horse is going to be out of the money. Nice. Right. No way, and it's very interesting who's on it. That's oh, – they're not booking Blake Shed for a, for a look-see, look, look around at the back work home. Yeah, and if this was a mile, yep. then I would be ranging the figure up to probably more like a plus two. Yep. But because it's 1,400, no real signals in the trials, Ralphie, other than the rider. Cool. All right. Well, we've talked about the three main races for the day. Tomorrow we'll talk business uh, once you've done your final edition of Race Speed Profiles, including the preludes there. But uh, in the meantime, we really appreciate you being a customer and uh, hopefully give you some good insight to set us up for a big day tomorrow at Sandown.